You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Leviticus chapter 22. Verses 1 through 3, Instructions Regarding Ceremonial Cleanness. This chapter repeats some instructions from earlier chapters, but adds directions for the priests on the punishments for violating them. It's important not to skip over the phrase, the Lord said to Moses. All of scripture is God's word, but sometimes, especially at this time in redemptive history, he spoke directly. Aaron and his sons, the priests, were to treat the sacred offerings consecrated to God with respect, so they wouldn't profane his name. He ends each directive with, I am the Lord. For the generations to come, if any of your descendants is ceremonially unclean, and yet comes near the sacred offerings that the Israelites consecrate to the Lord, that person must be cut off from my presence. To be cut off usually, but not always, refers to the death penalty. Verses 4-9, through Other Sources of Defilement These verses list other sources of defilement, such as skin diseases that have been classified as such, or bodily discharges, or touching something defiled by a corpse also touching any crawling thing considered unclean or a person who was unclean. This showed that uncleanness was transferable, but holiness was not. See Haggai 2, 11-14. They were not to eat of the sacred offerings till they had bathed in water. They were unclean until sunset. Unlike the common people, priests were not to eat anything found dead or torn by wild animals. The priests were to be careful to perform their service in such a way that they did not incur guilt and then die because they treated it with contempt. This had happened to two of Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, see Leviticus 10. Later, Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, would be killed by God for similar breaches regarding offerings in 1 Samuel. Verses 10 to 14, people authorized to eat sacred offerings. Because a portion of the meat and bread that was offered was designated by God as a means of support for the priests, God defined who could also eat it. No one outside the priest's family could eat it, such as a guest or a hired worker. However, if he had a slave who was either bought with money or born in his household, they could eat it. Such a person was considered part of their family. In other scriptures, we see that slavery was never intended to be permanent, but temporary, until either the seventh year or the year of Jubilee, unless the slave chose to stay. A word about slavery from C.H. Spurgeon. The slavery which existed among the ancient Jews was a very different thing from that which has disgraced humanity in modern times. The slave then was quite free to leave his master's house and go whither he pleased, but it seems that the servitude was so exceedingly light, and indeed was so much for the benefit of the person in it, that frequently he would not go free. They preferred to continue as they were, servants to their masters. Much of the slavery of the time had an economic root. There were no bankruptcy laws, so a thief could opt to sell himself into slavery. In Exodus 22.3, we see a case of theft. But what if the thief has nothing with which to make restitution, since his poverty may be the reason he is stealing in the first place? Then he could be sold 
until the value of the stolen item has been paid back, a kind of indentured servitude. And it was not to be the result of kidnapping, which was a capital offence. Also note that Exodus 21.16 and Deuteronomy 24.7 condemns kidnapping for the purpose of selling the person into slavery. The transatlantic slave trade was an example of this type of kidnapping. The New Testament also condemns slave traders, 1 Timothy 1.10. If a priest's daughter married someone who was not a priest, she could no longer eat any of the sacred contributions. But if she then became widowed or divorced and had no children to provide for her, she could return to live in her father's house and could again eat his food, as when she was in her youth. But no unauthorized person could eat it. Verses 14 through 16, Inadvertent Guilt. In the case of a person who may have eaten a sacred offering by mistake, he was required to make restitution to the priest by giving an equal amount and adding a fifth of the value to it. The priest must not knowingly desecrate these sacred offerings that the Israelites presented to the Lord by allowing just anyone to eat them. This would bring guilt on them, requiring payment. Verses 17 through 25, Acceptable and Unacceptable Sacrifices. If anyone, either an Israelite or a foreigner residing there, brought a gift as a burnt offering or freewill offering, it must be a male without defect from among the cattle, sheep, or goats. Only these domesticated animals would be acceptable. They were not to bring anything with a defect or blemish. Examples would be an animal that was blind, injured, or maimed, or anything with warts or festering or running sores, or an animal whose testicles were bruised, crushed, torn, or cut. Such an animal would, not, would only be accepted in fulfillment of a vow, but not for regular offerings. They could not even accept them secondhand through a foreigner, for they were going to God. Such an offering would be unacceptable because of their deformity or defects. While it is surprising that anyone would do this after they've been warned so clearly, this became the practice after the exile when the second temple had been built. God challenged them to offer such a thing to their governor and see if he'd be pleased with it. Yet they were offering such things to God, making the Lord's table contemptible. Verses 26 through 30. Other instructions. When a calf, a lamb, or a goat was born, it was to remain with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it would be acceptable as a food offering presented to the Lord. But they were not to slaughter a cow or a sheep and its young on the same day. They were also to slaughter them in the proper way so that it would be accepted. It must also be eaten the same day and not left until the following morning. Verses 31 through 33, the reason. The motivation for the Israelites to do all these things as God commanded was because he was the Lord, who alone was to be obeyed. They were not to profane his holy name by acknowledge, but acknowledge him as holy. He promised to make them holy, for that was the reason for the exodus from Egypt. He brought them out for relationship, to be your God. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? The priests were to avoid sources of contamination and defilement, but sometimes it happened inadvertently, yet they were still culpable in such cases. 
Jesus told the Pharisees that even though they were being so careful to follow the law, they would walk over graves and not even be aware of the defilement they incurred. They appeared holy outwardly like elaborate tombs, but inwardly they were full of dead men's bones, uncleanness, hypocrisy, and lawlessness. This showed that there was no way a person could be truly faultless before God. Only those who were related to the priest or part of his family, like slaves, could partake of the offering. Even though we were slaves to sin, now that we have been brought into the family of God by adoption, we are related to Jesus and can partake of the offering and feed on him by faith. We are also priests to God, having been cleansed from the defilement of sin. Therefore, we are to be clean and abstain from any appearance of evil and should offer our best to God. Any animal offered to God must be without blemish or defect. This pointed forward to Jesus, who was the perfect, sinless, sacrificial Lamb of God, bearing our sins. The Israelites had been redeemed from slavery in Egypt to have a relationship with God. We have been redeemed from slavery to sin to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You've been listening to the Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Leviticus chapter 23. May God bless the study of his word.